All right. We're in. We're in. We're in, right, Chris Light? Are we in? We are, of course. Always. Yeah. Ready. This is the dialogue box with Chris Light, Gwen Frey, and today, William Cheer. Hi, William. How you doing? Great, great. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We just psyched him out because we had him start twice. Now it's really confusing. Mm Mm-hmm. So, William, William Cheer, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, good, good, yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, in the final stages of trying to finish a game. Yeah, so for the people who don't know, do you want to uh, pitch, tell us about Manifold Garden, tell us what you're up to? Yeah, so I've been working on Manifold Garden for about um, well, five and a half years. I'm trying not to think about how long that's been, but... Uh, yeah, it kind of gets away from you, doesn't it? Well, I, to be fair, I thought I was almost done two years ago. So, I well, that's that's the key. That's actually yeah. important. You have to always believe that you're like a couple months away, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll add this thing, but it'll only add a couple more months, and then I'll still be five months away, just two months from now, and then it turns out you're just like way wrong, right? About right. all of it, and it just keeps going. No, I know this feeling pretty well. Well, when I when I started the project back in 2012, I thought I was going to finish it in three months. So I remember I, you know, I creep in your streams, and I remember listening to you describe what you believed. Like you believed you'd write a you'd write a save system, and that would take a weekend. And I just almost fucking spat up my coffee when I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But yeah. So would you um. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin because I've like always kind of wanted to talk to you. So yeah, how did I? So in the in the beginning, you thought this would be incredibly easy, and you had this. Um, were you a programmer in the beginning? Did you have any kind of background? Uh, I, I had programmed. Um, I uh, I'd studied physics in in college and had worked at a couple of uh, different research labs. So there was uh, one genetics lab, and then a summer in Italy at a at an accelerator lab. So I kind of done some here and there, and and then after college, uh, I worked in advertising briefly, and then spent um, I think six months uh, at a studio in Toronto that did science museum exhibits. So, was... so that's all science, though. Like that's not you know like a programming language. I mean, oh no, the like... um, the science museum exhibits they were doing it was like it was programming for that. So it was C plus plus with open frameworks. Got it. Okay. So yeah, so you had you had a programming background and you had um what inspired you to start Manifold Garden? Like- um yeah, so I, I had alongside all that I was kind of doing these uh these installations with Balloon. Uh, I was trying to be a, an installation artist. Or I guess I suppose I was for, for a brief period. And and that that contemporary art space is interesting because you're always uh, applying for grants and submitting project proposals, and you know, I was I was doing these large scale pieces with balloons, the same ones that you use to make balloon animals, and it was good and bad. In that, at some point, I kind of got typecast as the balloon guy. <laughs> you were the balloon guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, the good thing is your, your work really stands out. You know, when people are looking at these projects. Yeah. Proposals. There's only one balloon guy, so you get to be. There's, like... there's a few actually. Oh, oh shit! Pretenders. Were you the best balloon guy? What was? The... I would not say so. Yeah, Aww. there was. Uh, I had a style. Well, that that kind of goes into a another. You had a, that, that's you like had... a related problem that that uh, it doesn't matter how good your balloon work is to everyone else. It's 
the novelty of Bolivos completely overshadows that. Oh, but there's beauty in anything done well. And did the other people who were masters of your craft, did you guys get together and like really geek out about balloons sometimes? You know, there actually is a balloon twisting convention. It's oh, called God, Twist yeah. and Shout. Twist and Oh, that's amazing. Is. Yeah. Where and, is uh, this? It's, it, it's different uh, every year, but one year it was in Chicago, I think uh, 2010, 2011. And I went out there, it was near the airport. And they'll do these, uh, you know, so they, they have courses where it's like, hey, here's like the business of it, uh, legal stuff. It's a lot like GDC, but instead of like a graphics workshop, they'll have a workshop on how to make birds, you know, using like two to three balloons, right? Because there yeah. are certain techniques that people invent, or you can, for example, you can have an alien, you can have a balloon inflated inside of a balloon. Oh, and yeah. special techniques, so you can do like an alien with a helmet on Oh, yeah. well, you can do all kinds of stuff once you start yeah. adding recursion to the balloon situation. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of things you can do. And then they, uh, they'll have balloon jams. So basically in like a, a ballroom, it's 24 hours, it's open 24-7, and you can just go in there and like make balloon sculptures with different Holy people. Holy shit. Um, so your options were like, run away and join the circus, or I guess maybe start an indie game. I can see now why you, you latched onto this, I guess, maybe. Well, it, it wasn't quite, I, I just at some point, it, it felt like you couldn't do anything besides balloons, right? It was like- It was too niche. It you was felt... too, yeah, yeah. It started to, at some point, I, I felt like Ikea. Yeah, you've and invested all your points, like, yeah. Did you consider yo-yos? Like, when did you move from- um, No, I'm not that, uh, um, I don't have, such good hand-eye coordination. But yo-yo is like real-time stuff, right? I mean, this is... You know, it's funny. I know... I don't know what it is with game developers, but I know one famous game developer that's way into juggling. I know Lana Bachinsky is like a famous yo-yo artist. Like, we just like doing weird shit, I guess. I don't know what it is. But yeah, that's so cool. Holy crap. Okay, so you were... Um, so you have this background where you were programming by day and by night you were making balloon animals and stuff and you were like a big deal in the balloon art installation <laughs> communities. Am sure, I understanding? It wasn't, it wasn't quite, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing them at the same time, that kind of different, different time periods. Um, I mean, the, the installation one was doing it about a year. And I was, during that time, I was like moonlighting as, as a balloon at birthday parties, but at some point I, I had to to drop that so that people could take me seriously as an artist. <laughs> or that that was the hope, you know, because it was like you couldn't show it's commercial. Anything. Yes, of course, it's commercial art. Yes, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff. Like you couldn't be, you know, at the exhibit with the parents and then at the birthday party with the kids. No, that makes <laughs> sense. Hey man, your your passion was balloons, and you was not gonna let anything stand in your way. You're like, look poses like you're thinking you're too cool for the kids pies wrong balloons <laughs> balloons are art wherever they are <laughs> um, oh my god that's amazing cool oh my god so how did all right so how did this turn into now i really want to dig into unity were you a gamer no I no i didn't uh, i didn't play games um essentially i was i i was looking for another medium to work with uh, just in that i felt uh, I couldn't break out of the balloon mold. Like it, it kind of felt that the precipice, like I could continue and really kind of build a career on this, but it didn't, it wasn't quite what I was interested in. And, mm. and I, you know, I, I think part of it too is a lot of people would say stuff like, 
how Chris just said it, where it's like, oh, balloons is your passion. And it, you know, I didn't get some kind of euphoria to <laughs> balloons, right? It was just yeah. like, I was just kind of interested in the shapes and it was just this medium, but it, the, it's great in that it's unique, but it's also it, people want from you. Yeah. And so I was actually looking at like glass blowing and, uh, and metal working, but both oh, of those like... have massive overheads and take oh, yeah. years to learn yeah. Just learning it and getting a worker space, getting the raw materials. It is, it's a lot, but it, it's beautiful yeah. stuff. Like what, all that stuff. And it did kind of have the, the flexibility with balloons. You can show up, you know, in this giant space with, with a, just a suitcase of balloons and fill it up, right? So it, had, yeah. it was always happening a week and you didn't have to worry about the load on the infrastructure. Whereas, you know, if you're looking at metal, glass very soon you're looking at transportation companies to ship that stuff because you can get it fabricated you know with it's a public art project in california you can get that fabricated here in illinois but how are you going to ship you can't just get a you can't just fedex that stuff over right you got to work with a special company yeah bring it over yeah. and install it you have to have a civil engineer to work with an architect like a lot of these bureaucracy yeah there's all sorts of stuff and then just legal like insurance right this stuff falls over yeah, the balloon piece it? falls over. It's not gonna hurt anyone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> a glass sculpture falling over. It's a problem. Yes, yeah. that could hurt somebody. Also, there's just something so joyful about balloons as a medium. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so a playful thing. It, uh, you know, I was kind of just looking at other mediums, and, and a friend who I met through from my time in advertising kind of told me about some of the stuff happening in indie games. And this was 2012. So, you know, that documentary had come out, come out and uh, journey and the sort of unity was just starting to be a thing. I guess at that point it was like unity three, but yeah, uh, I guess <laughs> I don't, yeah. it's hard to place time. It was just like, that was in a period of time in the, yeah, I remember. I also never used unity. But right. uh, sweet. Okay. So, all right. So, so it were, just seemed like, a, like, oh, maybe this is another medium. But try. why didn't and you? It only take three months. So. But there's <laughs> always like, there's the smaller games. Like, it, once you realized you were gonna, you were on a multi-year project. Did anything inspire you to like, maybe I'll just make something smaller, something in twine. I'll, I'll dip my feet into game development um, in a way that's like, in something shorter term. Like what? Um... Well, <laughs> the thing is, Mathful Garden was supposed to be a project. <laughs> my my original idea was like time traveling MMO set in Chicago, where you could go back in time and see how the city evolved. Okay, uh, that sounds easy. Like nice. It's, it's like every quick project. MMO is the first, it's always like the non-game developers' first idea. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, MMO. That's what I'm gonna make. Yeah. How hard is that? Well, back Back then, it was MMOs were huge. That's right? true. Like back then, they were making yeah. money hand over fist. Venture capitalists were just raining money down on it. It's like how now you have like, it was MMOs and it was mobile and social, and now it's uh, blockchain. I think, <laughs> yeah. blockchain. I think it's battle royale now. Battle royale, uh, game wise. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If you say battle royale, money will fall from the sky. Yeah. It's incredible. Blockchain battle royale. Now that, that's holy probably. shit, there's a VC going crazy for that right now. It, pro yeah. I'm sure. Blockchain Battle but... Royale? Yo, yeah. I got it. I got it figured out. Yeah. It's the Don't Battle Royale in the blockchain. <laughs> Using some serious crypto. <laughs> Rage. Rage. How did you... um? God. 
don't even okay so but at some point like you realized uh hey i'm only 10 percent of the way there and i've been working on this for like a year or two right like at some point yeah i think maybe the a year year and a half in um initially you're right i thought i was gonna finish it in three months and i met uh at the time jake elliott he was working on um who is jake elliott jake uh kentucky route zero Got designer it. Kentucky Route Zero. And he's no longer based in Chicago, but he was here at the time. And he had organized this like game dev match thing. It, it, what do they call it? I think they call it Chai Dev Date. But it was like to connect, you know, different game developers in the city. And I think I was at a, a friend's party and he mentioned he saw this online. So I signed up and they I just got connected with this guy Kyle who works at Phosphor here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of stuff with Unreal, and uh, and I remember kind of telling him I got this game idea. I'm going to take three months, and he was like, <laughs> right. And he did try to explain that but it's going to take much longer. Um, but anyway, he he kind of introduced the Chicago game scene. I met the devs of Octodad. Nice. Uh, they had started to get some attention. The game hadn't come out yet, um, but they were sort of featured in a couple of articles, like, hey, a bunch of students from DePaul are making this game. And uh, I met Phil, who's uh, the CEO now, and I, I was like, hey, you know, I've got to make this game. Maybe I can come by the office sometime and show you guys what I'm working on. And I thought, you know, I'd go in, these guys were like, holy shit, you're a genius. This is the next. This uh, is it, you've changed game. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they've been working on the game. So they had made Autodad one, and mm. then they had graduated and had been working on become Octodad's dad and his catch part time for about a year and a half, two years at this point. And I remember thinking, like, what are these guys doing? Like, <laughs> Why are you taking so long, guys? Taking them so long? There's eight of them. Just a couple of levels. <laughs> ship the thing. That's amazing. There's eight of you guys. Right. There's only one of me, and I've done all of this in like a few months. Yeah, so I thought I'd show up, you know, after a few months of, and they think, oh my God, we've been doing. Everything wrong. We went yeah. to school for this stuff. And we feel like idiots now. Two years and yeah. Just a genius. And uh, <laughs> that, needless to say, that that playtest was just a disaster. Oh, really? Physics problems. I mean, it was very clear. Like, they were kind of one of the first people, aside from my roommate, to really play the game. And it was just very clear that I needed them. Um, but that was that was a very, very humbling experience. I can imagine. To, like, yeah gotten that super early on with people from Chicago. Otherwise, I you know, can't imagine. It just really per- like set the mindset for. Yeah, yeah. that's got to help a hell of a lot. Like, especially yeah. like you say, if they're nice people as well, and they're not just going to be like, "Whoa!" Like right. when they start playing it, like they're. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, I wasn't like a, a jerk or anything. It was just I think you know, twenty five, and you you see a lot of the, just the way people talk about making games on yeah. Reddit or on Twitter. And it's like, oh, why it's, I can make Half-Life 3. We just need a designer and a programmer yeah. and Easy. a writer. And the engine really does most of it. So you don't really need a programmer. But we can crowdsource the design and I'm in writing. Everyone yeah, just go on Fiverr and get the art. Like, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. I've so, never, I've been on the internet. And I've never heard anybody <laughs> claim you can crowdsource the design. The stupidest things you hear are usually like, I have a great idea. I just need an artist and a programmer to do it for me. It's just like, shut up. Shut up. 
I might have paraphrased the, the design. The sentiment yeah. is there. No, no, yeah. no. I've heard shit like that. Completely underestimating what goes into games. Yeah, it's like, I have the idea. Yeah. That's all you need. Like, now everyone else God. just figure this shit out because that's the easy bit. It's coming up with that amazing idea that really. <laughs> yeah, ideas the, are worthless. That's the uh, hard so, part. Uh, what um why didn't you quit in that moment um well so then i i had gotten the film you know at that point i was still very much in the contemporary art space and, and i was doing a lot of what they call art residencies mm -hmm. and i think there's that program stugun in um in norway you know oh, the, of, oh, you can go and stay there, there. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 i had a friend who did that um so that that model is very common so you'll have it at a lot of art centers. They'll have that. And the idea is, you know, you go and they're anywhere from like two weeks to, I've seen as long as two years. Um, most of the ones I did were like three to six months. Those are the most common ones. So basically you go to an art center, usually some, I think a lot, the good ones, they'll provide you with the stipend and uh, some will reimburse you for travel costs. But the idea is you just go there and focus on your art and kind of not worry about anything else. Like, like what Stugan does, right? Mm -hmm. Just come here, they get to, and you are with other artists, you have this community, and just kind of like rapid um, time, this time to kind of rapidly prototype. And I've heard that grow. in theory, but like in my, what I've seen, and when most people yeah. I know talk about it, because we got like a indie cabin, we had some things like that in San Francisco, we have one here in Boston, but it's usually like, for like the one in Boston's about two weeks and a bunch of people get together. Yeah. There's a lot of drinking and they, it's mostly like hanging out. And even when I see this stuff about Stugan on uh, Twitter, it's like today we all took a break and did a game jam. And I'm like, that's <laughs> not what I want at all. Like I, yeah. to me, it's never, uh, I, I like, I love the theory of it, but I feel like that's something that's better if you do it, like, you know, go off to a cabin in the woods alone, not really like with other people. I think that's the part yeah. where I get confused. I think it, it depends a lot on like where you are um, in, in your career or the phase of your project. And it also depends a lot on who's running the program. Like I had done one in, and you know, this is from the art side, so I haven't done thing like this in the game space. But, you know, one of the first I did was at the Bemis Center in Omaha, and that's run by artists. And so they're very much connected with the art scene, and that felt like a really great place to grow. Um, mm -hmm. But I had gotten one in Shanghai that was with Swatch. Uh, basically, like, Swatch bought this, uh, they wanted a retail space in like, Times Square, equivalent of Shanghai, the Bund. And uh, it used to be this this famous hotel, and the landlord, which I think is essentially the government, was like, you can take the retail space, but you have to keep it a hotel upstairs. Hmm. Swatch was like, we don't really want to do hospitality. Yeah. but. They managed to, they somehow convinced them they are in the luxury space and art is the highest form of luxury. So they'll just turn this into a residence space for artists. Like they'll invite artists from around the world to stay here for six months and they give a studio space. That's kind of cool. And that was run very differently, right? Because essentially that, uh, that program was a subset of their marketing. Yeah. Program. It comes out of that budget, I'd imagine. Yeah. Right. We used to, like a bunch of artists uh, joke, you know, they have people and they give tours and joke about putting signs that say, don't feed the artists. Yeah. Um, so whereas opposed to a lot of the other stuff you've done, like a lot of this stuff is run by grants from the government or from- Oh uh, yeah, like the National Endowment. 
they, I think it's at uh, Robert Maplethorpe, the photographer from the 60s, basically. They, they, the NEA used to give grant individuals, and then he published like a book of pretty risque photos, and then after working, we're only giving them to institutions who then distribute to individuals. Huh, cool. Okay, that's a whole other topic. But basically, yeah, like I think a lot of these programs like for me now, you know, I would definitely not travel to the cabin for two weeks. I'd rather just stay at home. You know, yeah. I, it just, it's a crazy yeah. world. Um, even like, especially for me, because I've always worked on the commercial side of things. Like I've never, uh, I mean, I started out in like venture capital based companies, which is a very different feel from like a working for a company that's publicly traded, which is a very different feel right. from like, a company that's private, but I've never like experienced living off of grants and stuff like that. I always thought that I was always jealous. I thought Indies, like you hear about these Indies and in overseas and other countries getting, people will talk about funding. They'll be like, yeah, well, I mean the, you know, the, my country's not giving as many grants to the arts anymore. <laughs> so now I can't run my studio. And it's like, wait, what? That's crazy as an American. It's like you make a product and sell it. You don't get money from the government. That's insane. But it's kind of cool too. Like I, I um I don't know. I, I get it. It's like a totally different world though. It's such a totally different mindset when you work at a place where you're uh uh you're not as customer focused, you're more focused on the art, which I think is yeah. like Yeah, it's also yeah. like in the UK, they have a. I know they have a lot of like UK studios get a lot of subsidies, like and tax grants and things like that because it's promoting industry in the UK and stuff like that. So there's that well, side there's, of it as well from a governmental perspective. See, now that's the side I understand more. But there's okay. also definitely like an arts and just give you side. money kind of there's thing. There's definitely yeah. like, uh, for instance, you'll get Canada gives a lot of money to the arts, specifically in the games industry, and a lot of it is not necessarily because they want to build business. It's because they're it's like they're afraid of the culture victory of america <laughs> like canada doesn't feel like they have a voice they don't some in some people would argue perhaps uh, i'm speaking out of turn but some people would argue that canada uh is gives a lot of money to the arts because they're trying really hard to have a voice in the global stage and they it's hard to have a voice when you're right next to america which is such a culturally dominant force in the world um, potentially anyway i have no idea about canada also, <laughs> I know I know a little bit too much because Montreal gets like a shit ton of subsidies. Oh like really? Oh my god. Game developers are almost free in Montreal. It's absurd. <laughs> like it's absurd how cheap they are. We uh, should anyway, all move then, to Montreal and make a video game. That's uh, that about, I think that's yeah, where it's the, going. I'm mad about business stuff. Like the tax incentive. The tax stuff I can go on too much and that'll be boring because William Cheer is here. So yeah. uh <laughs> you're like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done any of the grants for Manifold Garden. That's all very commercial. But yeah, the, the art world had kind of more of those structures. But yeah. basically, to kind of go back, I was um, after that play test with the Octo Dads. I had, uh, I had gotten this like residency lined up in Shanghai. Yeah. From, from my, based on my balloon work. Like, I found that about a few months ago. So I was thinking, hey, you know what? I'm going to be there for six months. Why don't I just redo the game now that I've seen what it is? And we'll kind of check back in where it's at to you know, decide if I want to continue with it. Yeah. 
So, Fucking yeah. cool. Okay, so you made Manifold Garden in Shanghai, and you're like, I'll do this in six months. And did you, how'd that go? I did not think I was going to finish the game. The more that I could check back in and see if it was like promising enough yeah, to yeah. warrant more time. And I was thinking at most a year after. Um, so yeah, I came, yeah, you know, and the, 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 the thing that worked out well, and I, you know, and this was just because I happened to be there, was I had a lot of, there were, I think, like 18, 20 artists there at the same time that I basically ended up having a lot of people play test the game. Nice. That I was working on it. So that worked out, that kind of worked out well for the initial prototyping phase. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then after that, it seemed promising. I came back to Chicago, uh, and so it's for another year. And then went out to. I think it was in March. I went to GDC. I got back in September, and then March of GDC. what year? March of like my a couple first GDC. I think twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay. Yeah. So at the time, I was working on the game about a year and a half. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. So I can. Yeah, that's on YouTube, right? Your GDC talk there. That, no, that was so. That GDC talk came two years later. <laughs> oh Jesus! Sorry. Yeah, the first GDC I was not, not speaking. I just had a, an expo pass. Okay. And so was that valuable to go to GDC as an indie? Incredibly. So you know, I didn't. I just heard about it, and at the time initially, like you know, you go to the the Chicago local meetups, and everybody's talking about GDC. And at first, I thought it was just way out of my budget because you look at the you think you got to get the $2,000 all conference madness pass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, once you've sort of been there, you know what you need to do. Um, but then I found out, Oh, I can just go to the actual pass and meet everyone. Yeah. You know, I, I met a lot of people there and that was incredibly helpful. I think I actually went to uh NDK East. In oh, nice. For that. So that would have been my first game. Yeah like game related events outside of Chicago. So were you showing the game when you were doing this or were you going like to learn and have fun? Yeah, yeah, to me, I kind of run into people at GDC and then approach them and ask. Um, I I remember when, and ask them to check out the game and give feedback. I remember I ran into Justin Ma from uh, FTL. (laughs) Nice. And and at first I didn't quite know who he was, I just ran. I was like, hey, and it, I recognized him because so I watched a video talking. And it was like, I just kind of went up to him. And I was like, hey, man. And then I realized he had no idea who I was. <laughs> hey, man, um, it's me. And he's like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah. Like, hey. yeah. I, was like, oh. I actually, <laughs> yeah, there you are. With, uh, I was at E3 and Todd Howard walked by. Nice. And I was like, hey, dude, because I, you knew I who he was. Yeah, yeah. I just recognized him. And then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> This <laughs> is, this that's is a famous so person. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's why I know is, it. <laughs> well, there's the other thing is there's different tiers of famous, right? Uh, and you only know famous in your sphere. Like I don't, I don't know about half the names you said there because I've never came from a game designer background, and I don't really know Howard. Yeah. I do know that one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I'm like, glad we both said that at the same time. Like, you know Todd Howard is. Jeez, yeah, come okay, on. fine. But like the game developer that made FTL, I actually couldn't tell you his name. Uh, no, I, I know the game. Yeah. Yeah, but like that's, but on the same by that same mark, and, and I get into this a lot with some of my game design friends, where they'll be like, "What? How do you know that person?" I'll be like, "Well, why would I?" And then they'll walk right by the art director of um, Gears of War and not even recognize them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. The industry is so big, and we all have our own spheres, and you kind of just only 
because the people you follow and you can only follow like so many people really you know what i mean uh so, but anyway yeah uh, yeah, and, yeah especially because you know as i was just kind of starting little resources were the indie talks right or looking at yeah. you look at the other games what was one of the oh go ahead sorry go ahead oh i was just saying yeah anyway justin gave really good feedback i remember he said this was kind of before i played the shaders and mm. said, you know it's, it's, the mechanics seems kind of cool but like really it's very generic like a very generic first person puzzle game yeah and, and it kind of encouraged me to, to explore the visual side of it. after gdc that i spent like a week with shaders on it that's awesome. Cool. And you just yeah, kind of taught yourself stuff. all this shader stuff too. Um, I had this... done some a bit in that uh, the job prior when I was working at the the studio that made science museum exhibits. Yeah. Because um, we were yeah. using, you know, uh, open frameworks and OpenGL. So yeah. I learned a bit. It wasn't like totally formed, but yeah. Okay. Most of it was me. A lot yes. of it was you said earlier as well that like you didn't really play many games like did you did that ex like expand i imagine as you began to become interested in making more games did that become a thing or did you initially just go oh i know what i want to do and go from there no yeah i uh you know i played games as a kid i got an n64 when i was 12 for christmas and nice. that was pretty exciting and i played a lot of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, a solid choice. Kind of stopped after in high school. Yeah, so I hadn't really played games. But I imagine, like, once after you started Manifold Garden, at some point somebody was like, hey, have you checked out Portal? And I'm hoping, well, like. <laughs> so what happened was I, I was like, hey, how do I, where do I buy games these days? And like, you should check out Steam. And so I downloaded Steam and I had Portal in it because I think when yep. Portal 2 came out, the orange they were box. giving away Portal. It was like, if yeah. you download it, Steam, you'd get Portal free. And I'd signed up, did not download Steam at the time. And then I think a year or two later, when I finally did library. All right, cool. That Portal game's pretty good, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is a game. It's like three hours. There's, what, 20, 20 levels? So I just pick a mechanic, make 20 levels. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> It's as easy as that. That's why there's so many games at the same level as Portal. It's just like that. I remember I specifically Portal is a really good example of one of those games that like you can say, "Oh, well, look at Portal. It's amazing." And it's like, yeah, how many games are that good? Like, there's not that many. Yeah. Like, it's kind of difficult to really nail it that well. Well, yeah, you know, the thing you're missing, like that's made by Valve. Like, doesn't hurt. Incredibly talented team and. Very senior yeah. people yeah. who will not release right. something unless it's perfect and so forth and have the resources. To, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to make a, you know, just such like a short type experiences, I've learned is almost much harder. It's easy just to kind of throw stuff in the game and make God. it long. I feel like if I ran into you at GDC back then and you were telling me this stuff, I would have had a heart attack on your behalf. Like I would have <laughs> been like, you're trying to do what now? So you went from art installations to to trying to make a game solo. Uh, it, it, this is crazy. But you you just what I admire is that you stuck with it and that you've come this far because that like you're still making it. It's happening. <laughs> it looks like I'm I'm watching your streams. They look good. It looks like you're further along. It looks it's you're saying here's where you scare me, William. 
and you're like, on one hand, you're like, oh, I'm shipping this Q1, Q2 next year. Yeah. And then in your stream last night, you were like, but you know, like if this happens and if I slip, I'm like, no. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta. I mean, honestly, I'm 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 surprised. I'm still working on it too. <laughs> if you had told me at the time that it was gonna take five and a half years, I would have started it. Just you wouldn't have was. Well, I would have been so terrified. I'd have, I'd yeah, that's a long amount of time. Years. Yeah, especially right. in your mid. To the early 20s like someone says do you want to spend five years no <laughs> like, oh, but you know, the thing is you don't think of it like that when you're doing it right you think of it like oh i just need to get this one level done oh i just want to animate this one character oh i just want to and it, before you know it like so each you're hitting these little these little steps you're enjoying each part of the process and then at some point you stop and you're like holy fuck how long have i been working on the entirety of this game because you never at no point are you well it's not often that you're thinking about absolutely all of the game at once right yeah like and the game kept changing the scope yeah the change but i think even now i mean if i were to if you told me a project was going to take two three years that feels very short right i think just like the sense of time that i had for now well, do you ever, have you ever stopped and done a game jam like a no. weekend game <laughs> i have not i have not done a single uh, game jam maybe like Maybe after this is like a palate cleanser, you could make a game in a day. Like, just do one of those game jams. I don't know. I won't tell you what to do. It's your life. Yeah, You're... I mean, it, I just can't imagine making a whole game. You know, it takes me like days to pull out a feature to do an entire game. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you just have to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never done it either, to be fair. <laughs> you haven't done game jams? Uh, an, a proper game jam? Yeah. No, by the time that was a thing, I was already in the industry long enough. I just didn't see the point. Like I oh, always, yeah. like we would make little games in college. We just didn't call it game gems. We just called it making shit. <laughs> right. Like, or we'd like most of my experiment. Like I experiment all the time, especially when I have a job. But they're usually not games. They're usually like, I want to make a new. I want to figure out the ideal way to make a procedural snake locomotion do exactly this. Like it's usually like a weird little, like a little thing I want to make. It's not like a game. This kind right. is the first time I tried to make a game solo. I don't. That's a different conversation. But well, like, sometimes I tell people I'm on ten thousand hour game jam. Like, yeah, I <laughs> just won't end. <laughs> no one's come in and said the, the jam's over. By the way, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, it's it's fascinating because um, so an experience I have never had was working entirely alone, uh, which is something you've done for the entirety of this project. And that's that brings its own challenges. Uh, not 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 true anymore. Oh, okay. yeah. These past two years, I've had a lot of help. Yeah. The first three years were long. Mm -hmm. but that's a chunk of time. So now, oh, that's right. Now you're like running a studio. You've got like a budget and. Oh, running a studio is a very generous way to cope. <laughs> Yeah, there are, there are people. I'd say you're you're yeah. running a studio. You've got, I mean, you're off-site. This is the modern studio, by the way. Uh, distributed team, uh, yeah. largely. Are they like contractors or? Yeah, everyone's a contractor. I'm not like set up there. To raise. Yeah, I think there's probably like six, seven people. You know, some are are part time, not. Um, some are kind of like on an as-needed basis, but yeah, there's been a so, lot like, of people. You, I imagine, I mean, you're running a studio at some point because you sat down and you were like, you're paying them, right? Yeah, yeah. So at some point you figured out like, 
here's how much money the game's gonna make maybe here's how much money like i got hopefully like that's running a studio you can yeah yeah yeah. you've probably i'm guessing you installed quickbooks like i I have not i just have not installed You've got. I'm, it's all up here. Like, it's just oh, like, <laughs> Get touch just, Yeah, I just remember it. It's gonna be fine. Just take off my shoes and tell you. Yeah. God, you are so cool. I'm still having a heart attack on your behalf. This is amazing, though. Like, cool. I. So uh, the connection here huh? is you're kind of both making puzzle games at the moment. Like you're both solo oh. puzzling like that's a big thing that's happening because i i don't know where well, i don't know too much about your game actually william so for right. those that are kind of uninitiated what's the the pr- i know like this is a five-year story and we've kind of spent all this time building up to this but what is uh the game you're working on at the moment um see i haven't been in the pitch mode that's what i was gonna say i was like have you even needed to fully be in like like like, give doesn't me the, everybody know? Give me you know the, the terrifying thing is you don't realize nobody's fucking heard of Manifold Garden. Yeah, I know. Uh, you always think you in your own head you're like everybody knows about this. I've been screaming from the rooftops, and then then you realize like you've been screaming from the rooftops to like that's nothing compared to launch day. Yeah. Uh, just sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that that's sort of where yeah, I've been keeping kind of a low profile too, but yeah, definitely closer to launch. Yeah, because it, it's oh, yeah. hard to wrap your your mouth around the words to describe your game, and, and you only have that for like when it's time to have that, right? You don't want to yeah. say the wrong words, so like I totally get it. Just saying. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's a game about uh, exploring counterfactual physics, so what what if questions about physics and exploring space and architecture. Um, it started off much more of a puzzle puzzle game and I think that's actually shifted huh. where the puzzles are more there to help with the pacing and kind of get you familiar with puzzles but the main focus is really about the exploration of the space. Yeah, it's a trippy kind of experience where you're playing with uh, from what I've seen I'm I'm just trying to like describe it to Chris Light and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I um, got it from what he said, but oh, you did? I like oh, that okay. you I like that you felt <laughs> Well, he's an idiot. Let me explain no, this no, to no. him. Well, <laughs> he's not going to understand that. that. <laughs> the coolest thing to me is that it feels like an Escher painting and that you're like walking. Yeah. The gravity changes. Well, that's like uh, when you were saying like counter-logical physics, which like because I am stupid, it did take me a couple of seconds for my brain to go, huh? And then I was like, hmm, that is a really interesting way to describe that. Like just as a a sentence and as a pitch kind of idea. I was like, huh, yeah, that does sound that cool. Term. I got that speaking with a historian, and the, he talked about counterfactual history. Counterfactual, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Like, that sounds nice. Lost him, so it's, it's all about these kind of what-if questions. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the kind of, like you said, the puzzling is kind of just... Uh, kind of just but it's the it's the narrative around exploring all of these physics and how they interact and stuff yeah we've had like the game has grown it's sort of a, it's like the meta game that to nice. a cosmic gardener uh, on a journey to bring life to this world discover its rules but that i think that sounds like starcy i'm sorry you know the game starcy pilgrim Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, wonderful little game that I've taken a lot of ideas. 
No, dude, that sounds really cool as a concept. That sounds really interesting. And I, I've seen, like, because I popped into your stream, actually, when Gwen, I think, said, oh, maybe we could talk to uh, William. And she's like, oh, he's streaming right now, actually. And I, <laughs> I clicked on it. I was like, wow, there is a lot going on here. Like, this, this is a... Uh, this is this is game development, as far as I'm aware. Like I looked at it, and was like, "Damn, there is there is some stuff happening right now that I do not understand." Like, it looks complicated, dude. <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. And there's a lot going on, which must like to, because mentioning the streaming has that become like a big part of your marketing of this game? Because that's another thing Gwen's doing as well. She's streaming, thanks to me going on at her about not, it. Not like William. He's doing it more and better. Um, <laughs> I don't know about the marketing, but yeah, I started streaming. To, uh, I think initially it was, it was about that. I've been streaming for like three years now, about two years ago. Um, now I just really, it, it's a kind of a great way to, to keep myself on the schedule. Mm. Right? Having, I think one of the hard parts about working from home uh, is, you know, and I'm, I'm alone here. It's, it's like, it's to stop me from binge watching Netflix and eating ice cream on the couch all day. Yeah. No, and, I agree. That, that can be very difficult. Like, as someone who's working on their own, and, like, I don't make games, but I do the same thing where I all the work I do is at home and I work for myself, yeah. and I have a similar thing. Like, I've started streaming... Uh, in the morning recently, like 10 a.m., I will begin streaming something, like whatever. But you know you're going to do a thing at that time, so it kind of keeps you, like you say, at least on a schedule, so you're at least doing right. something, particularly if it's your I work. Mean, I, I, like, I guess I could ice cream at watching Netflix. You could. There's a whole category for that, IRL. Like, they're all there <laughs> doing that stuff. Like, they're having a good what time. What if you did that and that was more popular? What would you do? You'd be like, what? they just... <laughs> They just want me to eat ice cream and watch Netflix, and that's all I want to do. Making money well. hand over fist, like I'm a millionaire. Yeah, I suppose I pro probably shouldn't complain that does work out. Yeah. yeah, that's one of those things where I would <laughs> you shouldn't I would do complain. it. Complain. I want to see Manifold Garden. Um, um, make this happen. Yeah, but it's also just been like a great way to have a community, and there are people who are excited about the week. People, there have been people watching the streams for about as long as I've been streaming and it's, it's just nice to kind of share more right both when you're frustrated but like when things work out and you're upset that was always a thing where like I felt when I was working those first three years is I'd solve a problem and I'd be super excited and then there was just no one around but yeah. <laughs> like, no one you're just like yeah <laughs> like, yeah and really that's yeah. what it was like um, yeah it is different it is very different working alone I uh, I can definitely see why why you would start streaming i will say like i i hate it sometimes like right now i'm in a phase where i just kind of hate it because like i can't you sometimes i start a task and i get stuck and so i just switch to a different task and then i get stuck and i switch to a different task and that ends up being the thing i do and that'll happen like or i'll dither between different things or i'll just like you know and that just doesn't make for i feel weirdly self-conscious if i do that while streaming there's a lot yeah. of things i feel weirdly self-conscious a lot of the like my work habits are fucking pretty slapdash, so I feel pretty weird yeah. streaming it because I don't feel like I can. I, I feel like a lot of the good streams are the ones where somebody comes on and they're like, "I am going to do this," and then they do it, and then like, "And now we are done," and then they leave. <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, that was educational and good for the world." Uh, whereas I feel like my streams are like, "I am fucking 
hanging out. I think actually that that was the big change for me. I used to think like an agenda. Like today we're doing this, we're doing that, and then I it, at some point I felt to me it was more just about hanging. So and some days you just often don't feel like hanging out on that. So yeah, um, yeah. I feel like the nice thing. Well, at this stage, we have, I've, there's so much grunt work. Right? Yeah, like, at the end, it's just that closeout, man. Yeah, so it's, it's nice that, and those I think work extreme because not, you're not necessarily trying to solve the design problem. No. All this stuff's got to be made. Just kind of. I mean, you have you have to have. Weird. I know what you mean, and there's creative problems to solve, but they're within certain constraints. Right. So it's not like quite the same. It's not quite the like, now I need to dream for a bit. Right. Like you yeah. don't have, because I imagine it's got to be a lot harder. To, well, I don't know. I can't seem to do that. Well, for those tasks, I mean, I prefer, and they, they always come at the block and then you're drinking coffee and then it's like, oh, I yeah, to do that. Right. But so, yeah, those don't work. But yeah, and right now there's just so much like churning. Yep. The end. The death march to, or the 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 closeout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you 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 feel you're getting close, like as Gwen was saying, you've you've set a date that's like this is the date that this is happening and it is coming out now. Um. Yeah. Not necessarily the ship date because I think that would depend on console certification. But yes. So it's like console release and all that stuff. Yeah, but in terms of like when we need to have the game locked. Uh, that that is set and um, yeah you know I've made my piece it's like there are just some fundamental design things that are not going to change mm. not perfect but it's like mm. and you know I could I could it's like you can tweak the game like it's like we're just gonna have to get it At fix as point, many of the problems as we can within this you just gotta period. start you just start you yeah. keep writing them down and you're like in the sequel I will do this in the sequel I will do this <laughs> you just FNG it that's that's the only way you'll stay sane. What's FNG? For next game. Oh, for next game. <laughs> I didn't know either, so it was fine. I let a lot of those fly. I'm just like, yeah, that probably means something to people watching. Like, <laughs> just like, like you, uh, you start marking bugs or different things FNG if it means like I will put this in the sequel, and you just mentally prepare to make the next game. That also helps later on, by the way. Right. When you ship, I don't know, like that that moment when you ship and you're like, fucking what now? If you kind of like. Well, I had ideas for another game. Maybe I'll prototype. You can kind of, it gets you out of that, like, that hit a bit. Right. If you've got, like, you're like, oh, now what? And then you open up, like, your, oh, I had a billion ideas a month ago. Oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go eat ice cream. But at least, like, you feel a little <laughs> bit better because, you know, like, there's ideas still. Like, I'm, I'm going like, to write down your suggestions to <laughs> myself watching eating ice cream. Yeah, but that's going to be where you become a millionaire, man. It's going to be when you're streaming. The, um, I, 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 you've probably heard this term before, ship, ship with shame. Ship with shame? I actually haven't. Oh, it's uh, I think it's from Bethesda. But basically, they get the game to where they can ship it, but they'd be ashamed of it. Ah, yes. But, you know, then it, it's at that point, it's labeled as a start, there's an end, and it's a ton of work. And then, but after you cross that, everything uh, you do is making the game better. It's... Mm. Like in startup world, you'd call that the minimum viable product. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we we passed that. Like now. Yeah. Awesome. I know you your game's playable beginning to end, right? Yeah, you can save it and yeah. you can load it. You can continue it. 
graphic settings and you can remap and like all the things that make it a game and I mean there are some parts that are very tedious and parts that are way too long but yeah you can get through that and so now we're just um, now you're in the polish phase the polish and the closeout polish and closeout yeah yeah nice this man. is a different part of the yeah uh, I don't know. I want to interview you again in, like after it's out in <laughs> in eight months. Yeah, we'll see if I have interview. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, well, dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, for people in the chat, if if you're fine with sticking around for a little longer, William, uh, we will answer any questions if you have them. Uh, for people just listening to the podcast, uh, William, where can they find you on the internet? Um, well, I guess my handle is, is on the screen, but yeah. It is. The same one I use for Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, all the others. And for people listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, that is William oh. Cheer. <laughs> yes, Sorry, uh, I didn't phrase William it well. William Awesome. What's up? Thank you so much for joining us. Uh... The game looks really cool. I'm looking forward to playing. Can people wish list it or anything like that yet? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, we have a Steam store page. Um, nice. Yeah. So Get doing that. It's for people who don't know. It's important that you wish list this game because it makes us happy. It makes a number higher. Also because it helps the Steam algorithms uh, later on, so your game is more yeah. likely to like be promoted more when he launches. So don't be a piece of shit. Go <laughs> yeah. wish list Manifold Garden. And do us all a favor. Thanks for ha uh, thanks for hanging out with us, William Chair. Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me on. All right. There. This has been Chris Slight, William Chair, and Gwen Frey, and you've been in the dialogue box. <laughs>